I'm here. Good. I'm thank, here. Thank you. Uh, welcome home. You made it, and uh, you know we made you got you out of there. And whew, man, what a what a session. According to uh, <laughs> according to uh, all reports, uh, you know everything is hunky dory. That's uh, Latin for they screwed with us again, Senator. What? Yeah, uh, I mean there was there ahead, were sir. some good things in the, in the session, and there were obviously some bad things and some frustrating things. Um, I know, obviously, uh, I, I heard some yesterday on your show, and I, I obviously was quoted in the, uh, the paper today and, and sent out a press release yesterday about how outrageous it was that the sheriff's salary increase, which was uh, legislation I would worked on, and it passed the delegation unanimously and uh, passed the Senate uh, really easily. And uh, to see it die in the House, I've actually never seen a local salary increase die in the house but it, it speaks volumes about the maryland house of delegates and where it's gone it's just very far left and very woke and you know now that you know they if they're going to take the mindset of you know when people have to go in and get their local county commissioners and have to get all their local people boards i i guess the uh the, the general assembly thinks they can control the counties that uh, particularly are more conservative or have people that don't think like them and, you know, try to cancel out or stop their pay raises. I mean, it's ridiculous. The state doesn't pay for it. It's it's coming out of the county. It's really a, a local courtesy uh, it, it, that they even run through the state. So, Am I to understand, though, that the county could do nothing about this? It has to be legislation from the House or from the uh, from the state to authorize. So this, the county— Exactly right. We're, we're a charter county, which means, for example, this year when the county executive and the county council— uh, raise their pay. They didn't have to take it to the General Assembly anymore. It used to be we had county commissioners, we had to take it to the General Assembly. So charter counties can do that, but the, the sheriff is a constitutional uh, authority, so we have to take that pay raise to the state, even though the county's paying for it. And it was, you know, unprecedented to see um, them do that. And there's other sheriffs, by the way, who are very conservative, Hartford County and Wicomico, but uh, that's why they did it, because of political reasons. But you're paying the position based on what it deserves. And now we're going to have a sheriff who is in the fastest growing county in the state who's making less than counties that are smaller than ours sure. and way behind counties that are similar size to ours. We don't have a county police force like some of the bigger counties. That means our sheriff has to do the vast majority of that work. Correct. So it just was uh, it was ridiculous. And, I, and, you know, for the people back home, I mean, obviously went to the Senate, so – it's limited what I could do in the House, but I knew they were playing games, and I did everything I could. I, I held a lot of bills uh, and a lot, a lot of their stuff up just to at least force a vote, and we were able to force a vote on it, and I was I was shocked they did that. I mean, I just thought it was such a slap in the face of Frederick County to the voters and our delegation uh, that they did that, uh, and not just me, but the four Democrats who were on the delegation, so... Well, Senator, isn't uh, would you agree that the the problem is that the person who now occupies the sheriff's position is somewhat of a lightning rod, and that their very strong feelings, uh, yay or nay, on uh, on what he's doing as uh, sheriff? When, uh, as you say, it's supposed to be for the position, whoever might hold it after the election in November. I would say that it's it's not their choice who we elect as sheriff. And there's a lot of conservative sheriffs, and Maryland's a very diverse state. There's people from all across the state that have different opinions. And in this case, the delegate, who I know well and personally get along with, but I don't agree with ideologically at all, she's very much pro in favor of illegal immigration. 
I very much disagree with her on the issue. The delegate that led the charge against it literally had a bill in the Senate at the same time, which we held up and had defeated, which said that if you commit a crime in Maryland, like drinking and driving or spousal abuse, it would have protected you from being deported if you're in this country illegal. So I actually think that the delegates who killed this bill, they are the radicals, and they have a radical opinion. The sheriff is just for upholding the law that you shouldn't be able to come in this country illegally and commit crimes while you're here. I actually think that puts you in the majority, and it's clearly put him in the majority in Frederick County. It's people like the legislators from Baltimore City and Prince George's County who killed it who have a very radical view, who in the middle of a crime wave uh, passed legislation to, for example, this session to let uh, violent juveniles basically escape prison time, to have less supervision time, uh, you know, to let uh, override vetoes, let murderers out of prison. So I, I actually think it's the far left of the General Assembly that's the radical position, not not our sheriff. Well, I couldn't agree with you more because it's it's just the it's and it's the stupidity. I mean, if they the the I have the uh, voice uh, voice video. I have the voice uh, recordings from that from that particular time in the uh, the about eleven picks up at eleven twenty in the evening on Monday. And it just shows ignorance, ignorance. Uh, when they can uh, uh, say that this is going on, that's going on, and it's not based on facts. It's based on emotions or something someone told them. And, and I think uh, uh, Delegate Cox and Delegate uh, Pippi that I know of uh, went after them, but they would have nothing to do with it because, as I say, the biggest thing I thought, you know, because I'm conservative, was but they, that was a slap in the face to the entire delegation. They didn't think that, in other words, Prince George's County, PG County, whomever did this, and they started, and Frank's trying to say it's a lot of other people's, but it started by, at least was instigated, I think, by PG County. They're basically saying, you know, we don't care what you want. We know better for you than you know. And I think that's a, that's a huge insult for a delegate or a senator anywhere. But again, I, I, would, I disagree with the way it was voted, and I agree with the way that uh, Senator Huff uh, voted, but... I mean, it's for the next sheriff right. who could have the opposite views sure. of the current I, I, sheriff. Exactly. Absolutely. 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 But I, I, actually, I actually think that they did unknowingly um, a great favor to the sheriff uh, because I think that, you know, having an unendorsement from some of the most radical pro-criminal legislators in Maryland, uh, you know, I actually think will help him. I honestly do. I think that these people are, are so radical in their positions. And, you know, in the, in the Maryland Senate, we have a ton of divergent views. We've got, you know, and obviously I'm in a super minority in the Senate, and we got the bill through with no discussion, and I think like two dissenting votes. So, you know, I don't know what happened over the House. It's just completely unacceptable. Um, I was not there, but I, I heard, you know, all I could do for the Senate was just sort of force a vote on it. Um, because I'm not a member of that body, thankfully, anymore. But uh, it's just it, it's a terrible precedent. But I'm not surprised because it's the tyranny of the majority. And that's what it is. The bigger counties constantly, they go and force uh, their laws and, uh, you know, what they want on us. You can take any you take the minimum wage laws where it didn't make any sense to do a one size fits all across the state from Garrett County to the eastern shore. You know, Montgomery County is a much wealthier county, but they didn't care. They forced a one-size-fits-all minimum wage. You know, are the different environmental regulations or things they push on us. They usually start out in the bigger counties, and they force them through our counties. It's the tyranny of the majority, and now it's gotten so far down to the fact that 
Uh, you know, they want to control our salaries, but you see it constantly. I mean, this is a larger issue. Look at the redistricting. Hold on. The redistricting, the redistricting is still a majority of Montgomery County that, uh, you know, that we're in. Yes. May I ask you, let's go back and talk about some other issues that I don't really understand how these progressives think this is good for Maryland. And one of the things you had, you left off with, uh, I think, was you, you had talked about the gerrymandering. And, you know, I was telling Frank earlier that although this was finally withdrawn from appeals, uh, the Democrats were still not happy with it, and they'd accepted it because, as you just said, isn't there more people in the Montgomery County area than in the rest of the district? Yeah, it uh, – and let me rephrase that. It doesn't actually put – I don't know if there's actually a um, physical majority for Montgomery County, but the way that it's drawn, the, the maps were – they look nicer, but as I said on the floor of the Senate, they're lipstick on a pig because the the outcome they were drawn so there'd be a seven one map. I think the sixth district will be more competitive, but they clearly drew it down in deep into Montgomery County again, gr- grabbing Gaithersburg and Montgomery Village and you know those part Germantown that it goes deep enough so it grabs some large population swaps for no other reason than to help elect a Democrat from the area. So it's still a gerrymander. And then there's some crazy districts where Carroll County now, uh, they draw and it dips into the uh, the city of Baltimore, and it dips in the northern part, which is a very heavily Democrat part of Baltimore. So they did that as a gerrymander. And then the the, the district to the middle, they basically take, like, Mount Airy and uh, southwestern Carroll, and then they take part of Anne Arundel that's more Republican, but they wash them through Columbia and Howard County. So... It was all done where it's a little bit prettier and one district is going to be more competitive. They were still drawn for the purpose of electing seven Democrats and one Republican. And the one Republican would be on the eastern shore, Andy Harris, Andy Harris would not, yeah, would not be restoring us back out here. If you were going to restore the district properly, you would have done like Governor Hogan's map, where you put Carroll County, which is considered Western Maryland, in with Frederick County. And then they would have only gotten a little bit of Montgomery County in there, and it, it would have become basically a Republican district, like Western Maryland is still Republican. It's sad, but um, I guess it's a, a start. Uh, before we get on to something else uh, regarding Annapolis, did I read your press release saying that the sheriff's, we were talking about the sheriff's salary, which was defeated in the House, can't come up again till, for, till 2026? Is that right? Yeah, the problem is is that you cannot constitutionally give someone a pay raise during their term. So this was it. This is an election year, and, and that's customary that we do right. uh, salary increases. There were a ton of them up. There were other sheriffs up. There were county commissioners, uh, orphans court judges. There were tons of salary bills that came up this year. And, um, you know, this was the one that, that was flagged, uh, and, you know, improperly so because the sheriff – you know, he's willing to come down and testify against the sanctuary state bills, for example, and he's willing to speak out. Yes. And they don't like that. They would prefer that you just sit there quietly and how dare you stand up to them. I mean, I've I've run into that problem, too. You wouldn't be surprised. You know, I don't pass as many bills in Annapolis because a lot of times I'll stand up and, and speak out for my constituents on issues that are unpopular to the majority. Uh, but, you know, I think that my constituents want. So when they're raising taxes or doing bad things, I don't just sit there quietly in my seat. I fight them because that's what my constituents want me to do. And so, you know, when the sheriff comes down and speaks out against them for things they're doing that, that is bad, they don't like it. And this was their way to try to punish him and control him and tell other sheriffs, hey, look, you come down here and testify. You speak out against what we're doing. You see what we did to him. They're, they're trying to, 
you know, set an example out of him. And I think, you know, he's a tough guy. He'll be fine. And uh, it's unfair. But you know what? Uh, I think this is going to help him get reelected because I think people sure as heck don't agree with with uh, what's going on in Annapolis. Some of the terrible pro-criminal legislation that's come out of there, the complete lack of ability to do almost anything to punish criminals, even though we're in the middle of a a crime wave. I think the sheriff stands uh, very well in contrast to them. Without question. Uh, Senator, can we uh, discuss a couple more? Frank, you wanted to go into family leave? Um, Sure. That seems to be uh, one of the uh, big ones, and we've gotten a lot of comments on that. I think not everybody is uh, totally clear on how it works, but uh, the Family Leave Act, which has passed with the override of the governor's veto, uh, is coming, I believe, in 2025. And what's that going to mean for uh, residents and uh, businesses as we look ahead? Well, that's a great question, because it came to the Senate floor. There was much confusion among the people that wrote it. There was an inability to answer simple questions on the Senate floor. Uh, The voting session, which is live, and anyone go watch, legislators said this is a mess. This bill is not ready for prime time, and then they promptly voted it out. So what this could mean is uh, we're unsure of how much the cost is. It's over a billion dollars from what I've heard, but, again, no one could give us good projections. Uh, Employers are going to be paying a new tax. And employees are going to be taxed. So money's going to be coming out of your paycheck. So right now when you've got inflation at 8.5%, the highest in over 40 years uh, because of the Biden policies, now because of the General Assembly, employees are going to have money taken out of their check, and employers are going to have to pay extra tax as well. So, uh, and, you know, it's just a very bad idea. And plus, when you've got worker shortages right now, uh, you're basically going to have people that are now in some cases, at least as the Senate originally had the bill, people were going to be able to take up the claim it twice, and they were looking at like six months of not being at work. So terrible timing with inflation to do a new tax on employees and employers, and also with worker shortages, be putting in a sort of European uh, paid leave plan. Uh, also bad timing on that. Well, I, I, I <laughs> it's it, when does it come in law? Is it twenty five? Uh, well, they overrode the veto, so, um, yeah, I can't remember the effective date on it. So yeah, I believe I think it's, it's 2025. Next... Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd heard, uh, and I still have in my mind, October 23, but, uh, Senator, this, Senator, did I guess that, guess that right? You got it. I don't know. I, I, I you know, the numbers are not my, you know, my forte. But anyhow, we're back with Frank Mitchell, Mike Huff, and you. If you have a question for the Senator... 301-694-9363 text the question to us so we can keep the senator alive. Uh, senator, this was your last term in Annapolis. Uh, before I get into some more bills, can you give me a, just a give me a, a personal reflection of of what it was like to serve as you have in Annapolis? Yeah, so I was I was down there for 16 sessions. I was down there for a staffer for four years. I worked for Alex Mooney when he was the state senator for District 3. That's how I really got started in politics. And then I came back years later and was uh, did four years in the House and eight years in the Senate. And so obviously I have my differences with uh, some of my colleagues that we talk about on here. But I actually have a, a lot of very good relationships across the aisle. And it was very, I guess, emotional leaving yes. in a way because – you, you're with these folks for 90 days, especially in the Senate. There's only 47. 
and you really make some you know strong personal bonds with people sure. and you, you work you work on some issues like you know criminal justice reform or police reform and issues that are so challenging and um, you really form some some uh, powerful friendships with people when you're able to work through and talk through things like that and I think if um, uh, my I did a farewell they give us all time to do a farewell speech and I, I did mine and uh, uh, you know, it was just it was very nice afterwards. A couple of my colleagues, um, you know, especially across the aisle, um, you know, in particular, some African-American Democrats who had had very good relationships with and worked with. I, I think that if the public were to see, you know, as much as we're on here and you're asking about the hot topics and things that are more controversial. But if they were to see that and see some of the ways that we work together, I think it would be heartening and a positive aspect. And despite, you know, my complaints, our process is still a heck of a lot better than what they do in D.C. And the Maryland Senate and the way that 47 of us from different parts of the state, different races, different ideologies can sit down and work on some of the toughest issues and come to consensus. I do think is that to me was really a joyous thing of doing that job was uh, working on and coming together on tough issues. I'd, I'd uh, like to talk about both those uh, things that passed that you're happy about, that there was consensus on. But uh, back to the hot stuff. When, and you mentioned... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah whatever. We'll get to that. But, yeah, congratulations. Get on with no, that. I, I will yeah. ask you about that. But uh, you go, Frank. Yeah. Well, you did also mention criminal justice and police reform, and I know that's a, a, a focus of yours there. Sounds like uh, uh, at the very end on uh, Monday night, there was a uh, approval of a bill that had uh, some interesting provisions like a trial board for uh, state police agencies and banning uh, collective bargaining from a, a f- no, affecting. No, 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 we didn't. We didn't ban collective no, bargaining. No, that came the, from, the, right? no, the police, the police still have their collective bargaining, but it, it, it helped clear. It basically, it was a it was a very technical bill, but the long and short of it is it was. It gave the locals. You'll notice Frederick County is going through their process right now, setting up their local, uh, you know, their local policing boards. They got to do an accountability and charging boards and all these things. It gave them some more time. So the locals really came down and asked for more time. So it gave them all the way until, uh, I believe, the end of the year instead of October to get this set up. And also there was there was just a lot of clarifications in there. It actually was a helpful bill as far as. It was some technical corrections that the police uh, chiefs and sheriffs and the FOP and everyone sort of agreed on. So it wasn't a big policing reform bill. It was just kind of some technical fixes from last year's bill. Like uh, tracking uh, statewide gun crime data? Oh. No, that's a that's a different. There was a different bill with, uh, okay. uh, and, and so much of it got stuck together at the end. It's, it's yeah. so confusing, even for me to remember exactly what was what. But there was one dealing with uh, tracking statewide gun data. Unfortunately, had a lot of good provisions dealing with uh, theft of a handgun, make or theft of a gun making it a felony instead of right now being a misdemeanor. There was uh, um, closing loopholes for drug dealers who use guns. That was all stripped out by the House. The only thing left in that bill was a um, basically it's very legalistic it's an interlocutory appeal basically it helps prosecutors mm-hmm. go after gun crimes so that was a small positive but overall that was very disappointing because a lot of the um, tough on crime things that we're dealing with guns that we had put in there with criminals who use guns and that the governor had asked for the house stripped out the uh, other bills down there uh, senator <laughs> Uh, you know, we have charter government, and, and 
I've been complaining on this ever since I heard about PG County's uh, opposition to the delegation's uh, local courtesy bill. And, it, you know, is there anything... Uh, let's Get me off that subject, Frank. Ask him something. I, I just got to get all this. <laughs> I apologize. I, how about this? Uh, I'm still pissed off, Frank. Excuse not, me. Not you guys in the Senate and the House in Annapolis, but the general public is going to be able to have their vote on marijuana legalization in November. Do you see it that way? Yeah. Yeah, whoopee. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a constitutional amendment, and there is legislation going through uh, with it. Um, I, I think that's going to pass. They knew oh, that, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. They, 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 I'm they, convinced. They put it, <laughs> Go yeah, ahead, they, put, they put it on the ballot purely for the reasons of, uh, you know, they thought, hey, this is going to be a tough year for Democrats in theory with Joe Biden being so unpopular and down on the ballot. So this will be a tough midterm. Let's look for some issues that we can throw on the ballot and get some, you know, like young progressive voters out. So that, that's why that was there. There was no reason to do that. If the General Assembly wanted to legalize marijuana, they could have. But to do this constitutional amendment was goofy, and that's why, you know, I, I just I didn't want to be part of that. I, I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Plus, they, they knew it was going to pass, and they, they could have passed it. But they, they also said, well, you know, we didn't pass this because, they're, they're, you know, everybody's got this happiness about them with the uh, legalization of marijuana, and, and I only see the bad and because and, I live with yeah, the maybe bad. I, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe voters will nah, um, not disagree, but the polling has showed it's broadly <laughs> popular. So I, I just thought it was an election year stunned. Yeah, I think and, you're, and you shouldn't do that with the Constitution. You don't no. need to clutter up Maryland's Constitution with all the gambling Amen. and marijuana. Just that's what that's what the legislature's for. You vote us in to make decisions. Exactly, exactly. Well, I, I have so many questions. Uh, what? To, just another question. Why Frank? He's looking at some of the bills, but I, I'm basically what's uh, your opinion? Because you have you're close to what's going on. Where does uh, Governor Hogan do now? I don't know. That's a great question. I know it's a great That's question. A great That's question. why I was hoping I, you had an answer. I don't have one. I don't one. know. I honestly don't. I honestly don't. Are you close so, to the you know, governor? Are you I, close to the governor, Mike? Or I am. I am. I, I've got along with the governor very much, um, and uh, you know he's uh, he's been very helpful and you know uh, of, to me. And so uh, I'll have a big announcement with Governor Hogan here coming up soon. So. Well, speaking of but the governor, his and plans only, only on my Frank. plans. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, they were your plans, right? Not, to... <laughs> yeah. You are you are a candidate. I'm not supposed to get into this. You are a candidate for county executive, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm running for that, and so uh, you know, I would look for an announcement coming up with Governor Hogan's position on that that office here coming up soon. Oh, so. okay, okay. I, I I don't want to take any thunder <laughs> yeah. away. All right, let me go back. Uh, the, well, speak, um, speaking of things that you uh, worked with the governor on, things that actually I. I believe you find uh, as an accomplishment, for example, some tax relief for seniors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was, you know, and that shows, um, you know, when when people, uh, you know, when they talk with the governor, too, some people, uh, I know they get upset because they don't like that he didn't support Donald Trump or some of the things, uh, you know, different things he said. But I said, well, look what he's done. I mean, look what on crime where he was, he's very conservative. Look where he's uh, on taxes, too. And so the governor really doggedly pushed for eight years to try to deal with retirement tax relief. And look, the bill isn't everything we wanted, but it's especially for this state, it's a it's a giant leap forward because we've been losing so many people who are retired. They move out of the state yeah, right away exactly. because of high cost of living and high taxes. We treat ta- re- uh, retirement taxes terribly in the state. We have oh, a death man. tax and everything else. So the governor and, and we passed legislation. There were a couple 
I mean, tax relief. That's like a miracle in the state of Maryland, by the way, that we actually did tax relief. Now, we had a massive surplus, but still. So, I mean, before this governor came in eight years ago, we raised almost every single tax. We made new ones, the rain tax, everything else. And this governor really pushed them in the last couple of years. And so now the vast majority of seniors are going to get tax relief, a $1,000 tax credit every year. So, and that's what does that apply? Who does that, who, who apply? I mean, how does that apply and who's eligible? Do you know? So it's seniors that uh, make uh, 65 and over with income uh, less than 100, couples less than 150,000. Retirees mainly, right? Will be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I just yep. want so it'll be a tax lawyer, you know. Yep. So it'll be, you know, it'll, it'll be a, uh, it'll be a nice break. Suppose you make less than twenty thousand. Would I get some? Okay, so let yeah, me go. Yeah, yeah not good. Let's go some more. You're not, uh, you're not, you are not good with math. <laughs> it's no. less than hundred. You're good. <laughs> uh, no, that's good. I'm very good because I, I refuse to make money, uh, Senator. The uh, I'm trying. You to should make... run for office. It's a good way to not make money. <laughs> no, I have enough enemies. I don't need any more. <laughs> All right, Senator. Uh, it's great hearing you, uh, Frank. Uh, I know we have to take a break here coming up, but I want to. Uh, do you have something right in front of you? Okay. Senator Mike Huff is with us. I ask you to hold one more break. And on the, we have Senator Mike Huff with us. Law goes into effect 2025. We're talking about the family leave. That was, uh, but money starts coming out October 2023. And you can apply for your first family leave in October 2025, as I understand it. Uh, thanks for your thoughts on Ukraine, Frank. Workers don't pay a dime into. I'm reading, uh, Senator, from our, our text messages come in. The law goes into effect. It's going to be a tough year in Maryland. Let me ask you, Senator. I got one for him. Because we were talking uh, a lot about last night's meeting of the county council and back to the police accountability board. I mean, do you feel that uh, we're going to have enough time to figure out how we're going to put this uh, uh, together? What's what's the best way to move forward? Yeah, and they've got more time. So, like I said, I think originally they only had till October, and now they're going to have till you know, we bought them another, basically another three months of time. So I would say to the, to the county council, make, you know, just make sure that they study over what we passed because there were a couple changes and, you know, just know they have more time. So it's important to try to get things like this right. And, uh, you know, and the, the counties have to set this up. It wasn't their choice. So what, uh... um, the general assembly. So just if locals are, or people are seeing it, you may, they may not like what the county certainly they did, but just so in defense of the county, they had to set this up. I mean, the General Assembly mandated it right. in the police bill last year. I still can't I see, Senator. Uh, still, I, I don't see it. Uh, I see new, no action that this board can take uh, civilly or criminally against anyone because they don't have the – they're not empowered with power to take any action. I mean, where is they, they receive complaints. They, yeah, that's fine. And then they forward But them. there's a second one. There's a second part of that group that says they're supposed yeah. to hand out the penalty. They, right. That's not, that's, that's not criminal. You can't do that. That's unconstitutional. Didn't anybody yeah, question you, that? You, you can't uh, – uh, Go ahead, sir. Uh, well, it'll be interesting. I mean, that'll, that'll be – I think this – I long have thought this whole thing will be litigated in yes. court. And yes. there's going to be some judges, probably the Maryland Court of Appeals, that will rewrite a lot of this because it was, again, very questionable how the whole thing was done in the last minute. And it was yeah. ashamed. I mean, I don't want to rehash it, but we yeah. had a good product come out of the Senate, blew up in the House, sure. kind of similar to what happened this year. All right. And, uh, you're right. Uh, you know, but you're going to have two committees. You're going to have – there's going to be a charging committee that will actually yeah, right. will do a lot of it. So. Except that's it's, illegal. Um, that's unconstitutional. But, I mean, I, I just, 
You know, I only talk constitutionally. It wouldn't be the first thing we, that the General Assembly passed that was unconstitutional. Senator Huff, a Republican governor is elected this fall. Can he or she appoint a new superintendent of state police who would have the power to issue concealed carry permits? Going from may issue to shall issue. And the answer to that would be no. That... Uh, uh, well, absolutely. They, they do. do uh, the, whoever the governor is yes. gets to appoint the head of the state superintendent of state police. So absolutely. It's a huge issue for gun owners uh, to re- keep in mind. And the best news is, quite frankly, the court cases are working their way, including one that I know deals with some concealed carry law. Yes. And uh, I'm very hopeful with the makeup of this Supreme Court that, you know, Maryland will uh, – that our – uh, can our carry law will get struck down as unconstitutional. Which it is. Another question, Senator. Can you explain the tax credit, or are we headed over to a period of years? All retirement income being removed from 65 years old, or will it drop to a lower age? Thank you. This is Dean from Liberty Town. It's 65 and older. It is a $1,000 credit if you make $100,000 as a sole filer. If you're yeah. a, a married couple, 150000 you get to get the credit as well. So, and I think the credit actually goes up if you're a married couple. Uh, it's a little bit higher too. I think it's up to like seventeen hundred a year. Wow. I believe was the total amount. So, eighty percent of those over sixty-five will receive uh, some sort of credit. Is this an income? Is this an income have. tax credit or property? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes, income tax. Senator exactly. Huff. Now, your your local governments have the ability to do do the uh, the senior property tax credits, which. Uh, some of them are doing. Senator Huff, can you advise if the LOSAP, length of service, appreciation, whatever, you know what LOSAP is, Maryland State Tax Modification Bill passed for an increase to $10,000 a year. LOSAP is the credits earned in volunteer service uh, that enables you after a period of like 20 years or whatever to get a monthly um, stipend based upon your length of service in the volunteer fire service. Um... It was supposed honestly, to go to ten thousand. Yeah, I honest, I honestly don't remember off the top of my head if if uh, if that one passed or not. So, which I totally I understand somebody, because, gosh, how many yeah. bills passed? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't you know, know all. Like, and there's 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 like fifteen hundred bills that yeah. go to the set. Not fifteen hundred, but it's over twelve hundred to the Senate. So I oh, can't remember them all off the top of my head. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. So any so any more what you feel in your view is good news that you did get accomplished good stuff that's coming yeah I mean from the session we got a lot of infrastructure money for Frederick County you know I would say you know ending on a positive here uh, you know Senator Young and I uh, really had a good relationship uh, especially the last couple years have worked together well and Frederick County did very well as far as in the budget infrastructure money. You know, we got money for Woodsboro. We got a lot of money again for Brunswick. City of Frederick did very well. Got money for their police headquarters. Yes. Um, and so there were a number of projects. Frederick County, you know, millions and millions of dollars of infrastructure money is going to be coming back. But I do want to say one thing before I go. I really appreciate this will be, I guess, my last session update with you all. I've been, I think, for almost all my time in office, I've been calling in. You guys have been like the exclusive show that I've called into. And so I just thank you for... You know, it's hard for people to follow what's going on in Annapolis, and I think it's just been great that you all have given me this time to share with my constituents what's going on back local. And so, uh, you know, and I appreciate that. I think I haven't always been able to do the weekly. Uh, I tried my best, but I do appreciate, you know, over this last 12 years, you allow, allow me to call in and give these updates. No, we appreciate it. It's a busy time for, uh, for you all, the House and the Senate in Annapolis. And uh, I think they're like, 
the most interesting issues come out of uh, uh, the state. Well, I, I can also say, Frank, on behalf, Senator, you've been a, you've been a, a wealth of information, uh, and you've always been there. You've answered the call. I look forward to many more years of talking with you and getting your opinions on matters. And oh, thank you. Uh, uh, I, I, 